Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est bon, ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens, le 23e de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Wednesday, July 26th. It is one minute past 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The sick podcast brought to you in part by La Bitta TV, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Playground, your premier gaming destination. Playground Summer Million is the must-play poker event of the season featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, and a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground, and also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte. CIBC is one of Canada's best-managed companies, the country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies, the best-managed Canadian company's designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Joining me right now of Recruits and Recruits.ca, former scout during the Bob Ganey regime with the Montreal Canadiens, Grant McCagg, what's going on? Hey, Tony. Oh, you know, just join summer. Good. I, I love people like you, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, full disclosure, hosting a Montreal Canadiens podcast on July 26th, when their last game of the season was April 13th, it's <laughs> not an easy thing to do. The no. draft is easy. A couple of days before the draft is easy. A couple of days after the draft is easy. <laughs> One month, or minus two days to a month, after the draft, now you start looking for topics. Now you need people like Grant McCag to come out with articles, come out with tweets, come, come out with posts to get people riled up, to get people going. And you did just that earlier today. And so for that, I say thank you. <laughs> okay, no problem, Tony. I thought of you when I, when I posted it and uh, I saw all the replies. All right, okay. Um, why don't we uh, tell people what we're going to talk about if they haven't seen it already and I would tell them to follow you on Twitter um, at Grant McCagg and follow Recruits Hockey. And by the way, speaking of which, your independent scouting service yourself and you have a team behind you and you scout a couple of hundred plus games per year. Um, you have or used to have an annual subscription. You have a monthly subscription now. It's yeah, a very good idea. Oh, oh there it is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I figured, you know, got to compete with the big dogs, right? Yeah. It looks a lot cheaper when you when you put it up monthly, right? Yeah, no, I mean, no. Who, who can't afford who can't afford two fifty a month, you know, for Habs coverage? And I mean, that gives you access to like years of content. You know, you can go back and look at stuff from years ago. You know, hundreds and hundreds of videos and hundreds of articles and. Uh, you know, try it out for a month. If you don't like it, well, fine, you know, move on. But it only costs you 250 to find out. Yeah, no, you're think, right. Uh, you know, yeah. I think once you join, hopefully uh, you're, you know, you're a customer for life. That's that's the hope. That's the plan. That's a very good thought process behind it. I was thinking the same thing today when I saw it. I said, you know what? 
Some people might be scared to take the plunge, mind you, under $40. I don't know what you really have to think about, but some will see, uh, you know what, a couple of bucks per month. You know what? Let me try it out. What's the worst that can happen? I don't like it. I lose a couple of hundred, a couple of bucks per month, $2, $3. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Um, your tweet earlier today, uh, it's all over the place, by the way. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it seems like everyone who covers the Montreal Canadiens or the fans are all talking about what you tweeted earlier today. So here we have it. Can we bring it up? There we go. Montreal's new big three have set themselves apart from the 27 other top prospects, top five shown below. Can Mayu, Reinbacker, and Hudson one day be Montreal's top defense trio since Robinson, Savard, and Lapointe? My column with a link to the rankings, Mayu one, Reinbacker two, Hudson three. You have Oliver Kapanen at four. And Owen Beck at five. But there you have it. Uh, the three on defense, Mayu, Reinbacker, Hudson. And I got to tell you something. I'm high on Logan Mayu. But I haven't seen Logan Mayu play a lot. The little no. I've seen him play, obviously the size stands out. The entire package, the frame, the reach, um, the strength. Um, I like the way he tied up players in front of the net. I like his offensive instincts. You and I saw him at development camp. I got a closer look at him there. Yeah. I like him a lot to the point where I think out of all the players that they have not on the NHL team, I think he has the most complete profile more than anyone else. Yeah. But, you know, my buddy Snake, and everyone's got an opinion here, I get it, and you have yours and he has his. <laughs> my buddy Snake thinks at best, at best, he's a 6'7 in the National Hockey League. He plays eight minutes a game. Mm-hmm. I saw Scott Wheeler come out with a, uh, uh, a top prospects list on his publication that he works for. And... Right. I didn't see Logan Mayu anywhere in the top 50. So I sent them a direct message and I said, hey, Scott, I I, I don't see Mayu. Where do you (laughs) have him? And he said, Tony, be prospect. He's somewhere in the top 200. I said, wow. And then a couple of weeks after that, I see you have him as number one Montreal Canadiens prospect. So tell me why. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly don't follow uh, uh, Scott Wheeler's list. That's for sure. I, I, I do my own. I don't look at others, but uh, um, I mean, I don't know how, how much Scott gets. You know, it, I do a I do a top prospect. Uh, uh, I don't know. You, you're following the draft, and then you turn around and you uh, how closely can you really scout 200 players that have already been drafted? If your job is to be following the draft, you know. So I mean, I don't follow these guys close enough to be saying, well, uh, you know, this prospect from Anaheim should be ranked 14th or, I mean, I realize that that gets you, you know, that gets you subscriptions and gets you clicks and stuff. But I, you, I think you can take those lists with a grain of salt, you know, how much time, uh, you know, I, I've watched probably over a hundred No, I wouldn't say over a hundred, but 50, at least 50 of Logan Mayu's games. And I'm sure Scott isn't able to, you know, every prospect in this top 200, if he was watching 50 games each one on top of following the draft, he'd, uh, he'd never sleep. So um, I think the, the fact that, uh, that uh, Mayu's only played 96 OHL games has to be considered. And I don't know that people are, like even a kid like Reinbacher probably has more, he has more experience playing against uh, high level competition than Mayu, uh, who um, I, I never played in an under 18 event, never played in a U20 event, never played at the world championships. And uh, Reinbacher's had a chance to do all those things. Um, I mean, uh, I, I don't really see much separating the top three guys. You can put them in any order that you want, but 
certainly from what we saw at the uh, at the development camp, I think he's he just keeps getting better. Like the improvement that he's made since uh, uh, last year when he played with London, when you saw mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the playoffs, I went back and I'm actually uh, putting together another another article that's uh, going to be scouting his playoff. I didn't really get a chance to scout it heavily because it was during when I was getting the draft guide out, right? Yeah. So I was pretty tied up with that. But uh, I was looking back and doing uh, looking at some stats, and he played in that final series, the six games against Peterborough that they lost uh, four games to two. He averaged 33 minutes plus in those in those six games. Wow! Like Dale Hunter, you know, like I get a kick out of the out of these guys that say like he can't play defense. Well, Dale Hunter had him out every every you know penalty kill, every uh, shutdown when they needed a shutdown defenseman. Well, I mean, he played 33 minutes a game. And it, it was average at 26 shifts. So a minute 17 was his average length of shifts and playing 33 minutes a game. So you have to pace yourself. You know, you, you it, it's almost like a soccer player, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, basically yeah. not getting off the, getting off the ice. So despite that, he still looked really good. I think he was the best defenseman in the OHL playoffs. And that's a kid that, only has a hundred games of uh, junior experience, and to, for me, to me, the he's just uh, you know just it's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to his potential. So uh, at that camp, sure, he's two years older than Ryan Bacher, but he looked a lot better, you know, at this point. And that's yeah. and that's not playing, and that's with Ryan Bacher having as much or playing against higher level competition the last two years in, in U 18s U twenties. World Championship, Swiss League. So certainly right now, he's ahead of Reinbacher and Hudson. Like he's closer. I think we can both agree that he's he's the closest to being ready for the NHL. Out of a, those thousand, a thousand percent. I'm going to take it a step further. I think Adam Engstrom is closer to being NHL ready yeah. more than Hudson and Reinbacher are too. Uh, I agree. At the same time, though, they're not on your top. They're, he's not in your top five list. Can you tell me why? Uh, well, I mean, it's not. You know, it's not who's NHL the most NHL ready. I got it right. It's top it's end potential. Who, yeah, who, who you know, who will have the better careers? You know, potentially. But I've got him right there. Like he's top seven. I believe I have him seventh. And I mean, Roy, Roy, and, and Engstrom could he, both could have been in the top five. You know, they're right. Yeah. You know, I got Beck and, and Kapanen in there, and I realized nobody else has Kapanen at a high, and that's fine. I'm really high on the kid. I And Rob Ramages, too. When I've, I've spoken to Rob a couple times about him, and he, you know, he 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 sees what I see as far as uh, at the World Juniors, he was better than Wah, like playing a first-line center role at the World Juniors. Wah was re- really good, but... Kaplan's a little bigger, uh, two-way center, really versatile, and had a had a fantastic uh, year in Liga. It it's kids like that, you know, you don't see them, so you you, you can't appreciate fully just how good a prospect he is if you're not really getting to see him. Yeah, you know, you, you see Joshua putting up big points in the Quebec League and. Playing, playing in the World Juniors, and and you watch all the Canadian games. So they're, you know, and Beck's the same deal. But at this point, I think that he's a little better overall prospect than those two. If I, you know, if it, if you were to ask me who I think will be the third line center with the Canadians, uh, you know, two years from now, between Beck and him, I give a slight edge to Kapanen, but I love them both. All right. Um, you know, we talked about Mayu. I don't know if I've seen a Montreal Canadiens prospect with so many different opinions on one player, but it's either this guy's a stud or this guy's not very good. I still don't get the not very good in Mayu's case. I, I'm starting to wonder if it's kind of like a prejudice towards 
what happened yeah a couple of years ago in his personal life and because of that some people just don't want to cheer for the guy as a yeah. hockey player i mean i i don't know what it is. i i don't like i'm trying to i respect everyone's opinion if snake was here i'd tell him the same thing uh yeah you know snake says he's just good in the ontario hockey league because he's big and strong and i said well yeah but I mean, you know, would you say that about anyone else who's big and strong, right? There's so many other players who are big and strong who went on to have very, very good NHL careers. They did not, you know, they weren't flops just because they were big and strong in junior hockey and they weren't able to do it in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, yeah. if you're bigger yeah. and stronger than players a year or two apart from you in junior hockey, chances are that continues once you get to the National Hockey League, right? And it, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't. I don't get it. He's big. He's strong. He's got the reach. He's got the hands. He hits hard. He clears the front of the net. He takes the body. Um, good skater. He's got, he's got a good stick. He skates well. He can yeah. shoot the puck through a wall. Yeah. So, so, so what is it then? You talked about the defense. Yeah. Some people aren't sold on his ability to defend. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it, it, he's a little unpolished. Like, he's still got to work on his backward skating and uh, – gets caught uh maybe standing still on occasion but you never see him getting clearly beat like he's got such a long reach and a quick first step even when he is standing still that he gets to the puck carrier and and, uh, and like nobody beats him really cleanly one-on-one -on -one, not very often and uh like i say he's only played a hundred major junior games and no other elite level competition Presumably, uh, his defensive game is just going to keep on improving. And, uh, you know, if, if he was really porous defensively, uh, I respect Dale Hunter so much. And there's just yeah. no chance that he would play him 33 minutes a game, uh, you know. And and they wouldn't go to the, to the OHL finals with him playing that huge, huge minutes as their top defenseman if he was bad defensively. So... Uh, I, I got to go with Dale Hunter's uh, and my own evaluation on that uh, over uh, over these other guys. In what has been arguably the top junior program in the country since Dale has been there and even before that, right? Arguably. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, nobody's – since he's been uh, head coach, I don't think any, any uh, junior coach has, has produced as many NHL players either. Like it's a pop prospect, prospect factory, London. So, uh, I think people, you know, players even get picked a little higher than maybe they normally would, just because they know, you know, he's, the prospects are going back to be tutored by Hunter and his and his uh, coaching staff. You know, um, he's produced a pile of them, and uh, uh, Mark Hunter thinks that uh, uh, may use their best. Uh, best defense uh, prospect they've had since John Carlson for sure. And they, they've had a, you know, they've had a bunch. So um, no, I, I know like NHL scouts, I had it. I had one guy in, tweet me two or three times last year when he was at games and just saying, Holy freak, Mayu is just, uh, he's a beast out there. Yeah. And I mean, he led the OHL, defense in, in goal scoring and basically it was a rookie really I mean he only played 16 I guess he wasn't eligible to be the rookie this year or he'd run yeah. away with it you know uh to lead the OHL in goal scoring in what's really your you know basically your rookie season uh that's not just big and strong that's talent that's talent too so I'm thinking about your tweet because speaking of clicks and speaking about getting people's attention, obviously, I mean, that's a tweet that's going to get a lot of people's attention, right? That Reinbacker, Mayu, and Hudson can be the next big three. Now, you're not saying they're going to be better than the big three because obviously uh, no. uh, that, that would be pretty impossible to do because right. Robinson, Savard, and Lapointe, I mean, Hall of Famers. I, I, well, I don't think there's ever been top three defensemen on any team 
that would complete each other better than them, right? Right. Yeah. That would, that would make for a good question, right? There, we'd have to think about that one, but pretty hard pressed to find a team that had three defensive quality of those guys, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's been some great duos you can name, you know. Yeah. You think uh, Niedermeyer and Stevens and, you know, Pronger and Niedermeyer and Anaheim again. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, there, there's been a bunch, but uh, not many with, with the three, the big three. I mean, they were named that. Yeah. Uh, aptly named. I don't know who, you know, it might have been Red. Red who came up with that. I'm not really sure. I can't remember, but uh, a very appropriate uh, nickname for for those three. So it got me thinking, though, right? Because the big three were looking back at the late 70s, obviously, in the cup in 76, 77, 78, and 79. And then the 80s come around, and and then Chelios arrives, right? And uh, obviously, Chelios was was, uh, pretty amazing himself. Mm -hmm. And so Chelios is there when they win the cup in 86 and maybe even... Uh, prior to that, because Chelios arrived in 83, 84. So at one point, there was Chelios. Robinson. There was Robinson. You talked about a duel. Uh, would would Svoboda have been their next guy uh, to complete that trio back in the mid-80s? There was, uh, there, was, um, there was Tom Curvers, who had a really good season. But I think it lasted a season or two, not more than that. That team that won the cup, once again, you have Chelios, you have Robinson. Uh, Curvers was was there again. So I, I, you're right. It's so much easier with the duo than the trio. Yeah. Uh, the, the year they went to the final now, in, uh, the 93 team that went to the final had Eric Desjardins. Matthew Schneider and uh, Chris Brisebois. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, these guys can be better than you know. With with all due respect to yeah to Brisebois, who was so you, you, know know. I, you know what I was thinking of. Tell me what you think. And I know it didn't last very long, but at one point the Canadians obviously had Subban and Markov, but had right. they acquired Jeff Petrie? I think they had Jeff Petrie with them for a couple of years. Yeah. That's not too shabby. Markov was in, you know, that was after his knee injuries, I believe. And he was, yeah, yeah. He wasn't quite, uh, you know, still smart as can be and, uh, and yeah. stuff. But yeah. No. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, they've got a long way to go to be better than, uh, you yeah. know, I thought of all those guys, you know. Yeah. No, um, but I know, I, Grant, I know what you're saying because think about this, okay? The guys yeah. that we talked about, you know, some of them were already on in their career. Some of them were later on in their career. Some of them had suffered. Right. These guys, they're all pretty much the same age. Exactly. A couple of years apart, they have a chance yeah. to make their way into the National Hockey League at around the same time, give or take a year apart. And all yeah. of a sudden they come in. If they end up spending a decade together, playing together on the same team, they can very well be the next big three after Robinson, Savard, and LaPointe. Yeah, 50 years later, you know. And even uh, those guys like Savard and, and Robinson, probably about an eight-year age gap. Or Like I know Savard came in mid-60s, did he not? Yeah. Mid to late 60s. Uh and, um, you know, Larry didn't really, I think it was 73, 74 mm-hmm. for Larry. So it's not like they were the, you know, the exact same age or anything too. So, yeah, yeah that's part of it. And it's it's the, the it's the three, you know, like uh, Chelios, Curvers with all, again, with all due respect, I think 85, 86, he had 30 points, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't uh great defensive wasn't a big guy or Mm -hmm. super fast or a great defensive defenseman so Mm -hmm. you know all three of these guys hopefully have better careers than tom curvers did Mm -hmm. um 
the thing is, uh, Reinbacher reminds me a little bit of Savard. And I, I mentioned it in the article where, you know, just the complete, where maybe he'll, first and foremost, to be a great defensive defenseman, just like Savard was, really smart, complete defenseman who chips in 40 on average. I was looking back at Savard's stats. He had that one super year where he had 20 goals and 40 assists, but that, yeah. was, an, that was an anomaly. He, yeah. um, he never had 50 points in any other season. Yeah. And that Reinbacher may not be a 50, 60 point guy. He might be a, you know, 40 like Savard was. Yeah. But just a shutdown, minute munching, uh, all around complete defenseman, you know, similar size, similar style, maybe. Um, may you now, you know, I, I threw out the Robinson comparison and obviously with a, you know, He's not going to be Larry Robinson. Uh, yeah, Larry's I know. Not. People like to have fun with that stuff. You know, all of a sudden you say, look, you reminds me of Larry Robinson. People are going to be on Twitter. And Graham McKay said yeah. that you is better than Robinson or this <laughs> or that. Oh, no, Graham McKay doesn't know what he's talking about. He's this, he's that. yeah. That's not what Grant McKay is saying. Because right. you say someone reminds you of someone or you, uh, you bring them up in the same sentence doesn't mean yeah. you're insinuating that that player is better. We know that chances are Logan Mayu is not going to be better than Larry Robinson. <laughs> right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet not even a pen. Like, like I wouldn't bet a dime that Mayu is going to be better than Robinson. But right. I can understand that people say, you know what? Mayu, he kind of reminds me of Larry Robinson. The size is there. Yeah. The strength is there. The skating ability is there. The shot is there. Yep. The taking players out of the play is there. The hip check's going to be there. <laughs> I get it, man. I understand it. Yeah, yeah. I think I said in the article, like, if he can be, you know, Larry Robinson light and Ryan Bacher can be Serge Savard light and then, uh, you know, um, Hudson's a reasonable facsimile of Quinn Hughes, who I threw out just as a, you know, with yeah. similar size and an offensive, uh, you know, playmaking, dynamic, offensive defense, young 5'9 uh, defenseman. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, that could be Montreal's best. If they hit their primes and they hit their uh, ceilings, might be their best uh, trio since the big three. We should we should just call them you know the poor man's big three. The, this way, you know, <laughs> no one, right? No one's gonna say that we're saying that they're better than them because they're not better than them. No. I hope for these kids that they are, but chances are they won't be. But you know what? I was thinking about something. Think about this now. If one of them doesn't pan out of these top three prospects, the way we're projecting they do, yeah, they could end up being replaced by Gouli. Gouli could be one of these top three. Gouli could be one of these, you know. Absolutely. In that yeah. conversation with the poor man's. Uh, or Gouli yeah. might even be in the conversation. Now, all of a sudden, we could talk about two defense pair. We could talk about a top four now. A That's top right. four like, like, like the Nashville Predators with P.K. Subban and Roman Yossi and Ryan Good Ellis point. and Matthias Ekstrom. Gouli might end up being the best of the. Ekholm, pardon me. He may uh, be the best defenseman of the four. That's not inconceivable at all. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah we'll, we'll be calling them the big four, right? Yeah. I watched them last night, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, they're playing in the uh, – I don't know if you've, you've seen this, but they're playing in the LSHL. It's the uh, Living Sisu Hockey League, which is run by Zach Fucali and his two buddies, Oliver and Alex. And uh, they run it okay. out of uh, hockey, et cetera, here on Cotley S. And it's three-on-three -three hockey, Grant. You'd love it. It's three-on-three -three hockey. It's oh. um, it's 45-minute uh, games, three periods of 15 minutes. And you got several Montreal Canadiens players who are playing in it who obviously are living in Montreal in the offseason. Caden Gooley is playing in it. Nick Suzuki is playing in it. And Raphael RV Pinard is playing in it. Sweet. And then there's former Montreal Canadians like uh, Nick Delorier is playing in it. 
Hmm. Jonathan Drouin is playing in it. Okay. Uh, uh, Marco Scandella is playing in it. And uh, you have a bunch of Montreal boys. Joe Valeno is a Montreal boy who's playing okay. in it. And, yeah, there's a – you know, I, I had the uh, the list yesterday, and uh, I don't know if Agnello and, and Sammy still have it, but uh, if we can uh, – if we have the rosters, we can bring them up. I'll show you. If not, I, I think sure. I have it over here uh, in my phone because I think I took a picture or two of it. That answers the question of whether he'll be ready for training camp if he's playing in that. Oh, yeah, no, no, he'll be ready. So here are the, uh, oh, there we go. Here we go, good. Okay, so Alexandre Carrier, Jonathan Drouin, Vincent Dearnay, Nicolas Delorier, Laurent Dauphin, a former Hab, uh, Gru, Viel, and Dubois is the goalie, Pierre-Olivier Joseph with his brother Matthew Joseph, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Xavier Burgo, Joe Valeno, Caden Gouley, Samuel Poulain, Devin Levi, and up next... Anthony Beauvillier, Giovanni Fiore, Anthony Manta, Maxim Contois, Marco Scandella, Nick Bruyard, Samuel Blais, Frankie Le Pen as the goalie, Nick Suzuki, RHP, Julien Gauthier, Samuel Bauduc, Jonathan Huberdeau, Christopher Letang, David Perron, and Zach Fucali. Maybe if you want to come down, they're playing on Tuesday. You and I will watch the game together. Yeah, that's uh, that's an impressive lineup, isn't it? You want me to hook you up, see if we can get you in there and uh, line up a couple of interviews for you? Tomorrow? No, no. Uh, next week, if you want. Oh, it's next week? No, it's, they play every Tuesday. Oh, every Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I don't know if you want to come down next week, but if you do, yeah, you, well, can, you can hang out with me. I have an in now. I have an in. All right. What yeah. what time do they play? Uh, yesterday, they played a game at 5.15. It was over at 6. They played another one at uh, 6.10. It was, it was over by 7. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not an ideal time for me. To- it's not an ideal time. You'd have to get back around ten o'clock at night in Ottawa. I get it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll ponder it, Tony. I appreciate yeah, yeah. The, appreciate no the heads up. No we problem. Can talk. Right. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, now, um, Rhinebacker, you have him as the number two prospect, but yeah. you mentioned that you thought Mayu was much better. Uh, at the development camp, a couple of days doesn't make a difference there. We get no, it. No. We found out that he was playing with, uh, I think he was playing with a brace too, Ryan Backer, which hindered his mobility a little bit. All right. Um, we know what you thought before the draft and where you had him on your list. And you thought it was, you know, no problem with the pick at the time. Based on what you've heard after the draft or anything, is are there any concerns at all? Uh, no, uh, other than, you know, just the, obviously the, uh, the disease there, I guess there's a, you gotta have minor concerns that, um, it may keep getting inflamed and it may cause them to miss some games over the next couple of years. So I suppose there's minor, uh, there's minor concern with that, but I read up quite a bit on it and as I'm sure you did too. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's just uh, I think it's what it what it signals is that he's still growing like uh, it, typically it's kids that are still growing that have this issue yeah you're right about that so that's uh maybe in the end long run that's maybe gonna be a positive that <laughs> like he could be uh and and uh, certainly I had I talked to a couple of the Habs uh, brass there and the thinking is that he might not be done growing yet. So, uh, you know, another throw another inch of height on there would, wouldn't hurt if he was 6'3 when it was so, all said and done. So what do they do here, Grant? They check to see if the growth plates are still open. Is that what they do? Is that? Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's beyond my medical uh, knowledge, but. Yeah, yeah, it's beyond my level of expertise, too. <laughs> I know, just like uh, Hudson there, uh, you know, he's still growing. Uh, growth plates are still open. And if he does uh, come and stay with you, Tony, you know, he'll put on the weight, like you said. A hundred percent he will. Yes, a hundred percent. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't give me an answer on that. Eh, when you asked. It'll, 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 it, listen, it'll be very easy. You want, uh, I'll show you one way he could gain the weight. You ready? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. 
This is sick. Okay, I'm back. Very easy, okay? Would yeah. be very easy. We get them started with this. Okay. All right? Yeah. Couple of these. <laughs> Ice cream sandwich. Oh, my goodness. I had two of those today, Tony. Oh, really, eh? I, uh, I prefer the cones, by the way. The cones with the, with the chocolate inside, with the chocolate ice cream. But you know what? That will do. And this, this is my favorite. In the summertime, this is my favorite. But I have to tell you, I've been, I, I haven't been having a lot of this. I've been having a lot of water over the last three or four months. But this is, my, this is my favorite. You know what this is, eh? I can't really tell. Okay. Not peanut butter, is it? Cold coffee. Eh? Cold coffee. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a slushy style. You know what I mean? Like I thought you said cold coffee. I thought you said cold Caulfield there for a second. No, no, it's not. No, it's not cold Caulfield. It's yeah. cold coffee. Cold coffee. Okay. So uh, I, I got the. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you hear it, but I got the whole slush machine going on in the background right now. Oh. Okay. I got the coffee going, and then I pour it into one of these containers, and it comes out half solid, half liquidy. But you shake it up, <laughs> and then look at this. You pour it in the glass. I'd, I'd have to show you now. I got it now. I got to show you. Hold on a second. We got to do this. Okay. I got to get a glass now. I got to, because you, you want to see what it looks like now, right? You definitely uh, want to see what the coffee looks like, don't you? Yeah, of, of course. Of course. Hold on a second. I don't sing and dance. Sorry about that. Send my son to go get me a glass. We're back. Okay. This is this is very important to me. It's my cold coffee. Is uh, it's it's kind of it's one of my claims to fame. You know, I pride myself in making very good very good cold coffee. Control control told me to try to talk while you were uh, while we it's had cold. that dead, but like nothing came to mind. Smaller one. I'll never make it as a host. There we go. There we go. See that. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah. going to kill me that I left with and there was nobody talking. They're going to look at that. All right. Watch this, Grant. <laughs> yeah, that dead time. It's all worth it, though, Tony. Maguarda, do. Grant, look at this. I have to say that doesn't look very appealing. It's, it's, it's one of the after La Bita TV. It's yeah. the, probably the greatest thing you've ever tasted in your life. Okay. To the point where I have to get a patent on this. And, and I actually think that I'm going to, I'll end up making millions one day from my coffee. It's not going to happen with the podcast. It's going to happen with my coffee. Okay. My wife thinks I'm crazy, by the way, for drinking this at like 1038 at night because I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> but little does she know, like that's the, so I, I asked her every night, I said, why don't you take a glass of cold coffee? She goes, no, I'm not going to sleep if I do so. And I said, well, precisely. <laughs> but it, uh, it never works. Anyway. All right. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that Joshua Roy could have been in the top five. Yeah. And you mentioned that um, Angstrom. That Angstrom could have been. And they're, they're just out of that top five list. And then you talked about Kapanen. Didn't Kapanen suffer a concussion injury? He was the one that it did, right? Didn't he suffer a, a concussion that looked pretty bad in one of his games? Or am I, am I mistaking him with somebody else? Uh, in his draft year? Yeah, was it in his draft year or that he suffered a concussion? Well, he got hit into the boards yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. Kind of got stretchered off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think maybe that probably just worried some of now, listen. Oh, he player... should have been picked higher than he got picked. That's for sure. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a big tournament, and uh, 
first game and everybody was really looking forward to seeing them because the North American guys don't get to see these guys too much other than the, the U18 events. And he got crunched into the boards in the first game. And a lot of guys were pretty upset that they didn't get to see him. And actually it turned out to be a blessing in the size disguise for the Canadians. Cause uh, there's no way that he should have been a late second round pick. He, he should have been a first round pick as things have turned out, you know, um, he's just, uh, for me, he's the most underrated halves prospect at, with, with Angstrom, a close second. So where is he going to be in the depth chart when all is said and done, Oliver Kappen? Where do you see him in the Canadians lineup? I think he's a consummate uh, third-line center with second-line center upside if everything comes together. He's got a great shot. He's got some wow. good offensive skills. Wow. Uh, so smart. He's just super smart. Um, good size. He's got the whole package. I really uh, – all he has to do is keep getting stronger, but the skating has come with that. But uh, for me, he's uh, he's an all-around centerman that that the coaches are going to love. I think when he gets over here, sixty-six spinning says, "Say hello to Grant McCag for me." Remember our last discussion together. So that's uh, Stefan in Quebec City who says hello. Uh, Colton Dock from Chicago for Logan Mayu is a trade proposal by Roy Anderson. To that, you say what, Graham McCag? Colton Dock. Yeah. What, just because so he can have two docks? I would imagine. I mean, I, yeah. I, it is cottage season. I guess having two docks would be would be nice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try a boat to each one, you know. But, uh, yeah, I... Colton, I don't know that Colton Doc's even going to play in the NHL. I mean, I mean, Snake could do it probably tomorrow. Like Quentin Musty for Mayu? Do you think oh, Snake yeah, could yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, Snake would do uh, <laughs> Quentin He'd give up the whole team for Quentin Musty. <laughs> he loved Quentin Musty. Yeah, yeah. But not more than Reinbacher. He liked uh, Reinbacher was just ahead of him, so he must really like. Like I said, to his yeah, he friend. likes Reinbacher. He likes Reinbacher. Yeah, he's, he's he must like Reinbacher if if he even had him ahead of Musty, you know. Now Owen Beck. So I don't know if it's a fair question, but I'll ask it anyway. You'll understand. I know you're very strong with your opinions. I love that about you. I, 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 I tend to think that I'm kind of that way too. Snake's kind of that way too. And sometimes people love the fact that we're so opinionated and sometimes they think we're crazy. That's okay. As long as they listen and watch my show, I'm happy. Uh, does, does the way the Canadians brass or some members of the brass feel about these players influence you maybe a little bit as to where you probably would have seen them on your depth chart before talking to them. The reason why I ask is you brought up Rob Ramage's name, right? I know that Ramage is the president of the Owen Beck fan club, correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Uh... And he's and he's very high on Oliver Kapanen too. So it does, Oh, yeah. Have- does it have any bearing on maybe you had them six, seven, but you know a couple of people like him, and now all of a sudden they're yeah. five, four? Uh, no, it, I didn't actually really uh, consider that. I, it's my own opinion. I hear you. Yeah. No, and, and by all means, I'm not saying that you had him twentieth and they liked them, so you yeah, put him in the yeah, top no, five. no, no, I, I know what you're saying. Is it possible there were six, seven, but now all of a sudden, you know what? Maybe I can move him right. down a spot or two because... Yeah. Well, I haven't talked to uh, Rammer about prospects since last uh, February. Got it. You know, uh, February of 22, actually. So, Is that right, eh? Yeah. I mean, I have I had a quick discussion with him, mm-hmm. and, and we exchanged the odd email, but... Yep. Uh, as far as like just sitting down and we're going to sit down in August here and, and have an interview again. And I'm also going to talk to Marty LaPointe. Uh, so th- that's two that's interviews that cool. I'm going to have in August. Uh, 
So, you know, two fifty. You know who I've been working on over the last and 50 cents. You know who I've been working on? No. I've been working on an interview. I'd love to have him on the podcast with someone whose name you brought up earlier tonight in the podcast. Can you guess who that is? Really? Yeah. Dale Hunter. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to get Dale Hunter on the podcast. and um, That'd be great. It's taking a little bit of time, but I mean... I just, it's a while that I've been saying, I've been thinking about, you know what? There's so many different opinions on Mayu. I mean, well, if there's mm. one guy who knows him better than anybody else, yeah. Dale Hunter knows Logan Mayu's game better than anybody else in the world, right? Yeah. Even Mark, you know, even Mark would be a good, you know, former Montreal Canadian. Yeah, Mark Hunter, who's, who's who's obviously the GM of the uh, yeah. of, of the London Knights. I put in the request for either or, to tell you the truth. I put sure. in the request for either or, but, you know, th okay. those two guys, like they know them like the back of their hand, right? Yeah, no, that, that'd be great. But uh, just to get back to my plug now, because yeah. you just, uh, like, you pay 250 for the next month, and in the next month, uh, um, I'm going to have – Rob Ramage's interview up there. I'm going to have Marty LaPointe's interview up there. And then uh, Rookie Cap starts. And we'll be covering that uh, with a fine-tooth comb as well. And, uh, you know, the season gets going. Uh, it's, so It's a steal, Grant. Grant, it's a steal. I'll say it for you. It's a steal. Come on, everybody know it's a steal. Check it out for $2.50. and It's a steal. You know, that's my uh, – I don't – plug it too often but i'm excited about this change to the monthly because i think it, it'll uh you know it, it'll inspire people what's two dollars and fifty cents right grant i'm glad you gave, listen i'm glad you gave it a plug and you work so hard this is how you make your living and uh i have no problem with you plugging it it's quality and uh, i think it's a steal why don't we take three questions before we say goodbye i so appreciate your time uh, Agnello and Sammy, a master control. There we go. Ask Grant what he thinks of Jaden uh, Struble. Says, Koo Kook 69 or Cuckoo K69? <laughs> well, Cuckoo, um, I uh, I think he's, uh, unfortunately, there's numbers game that, that might prevent him from playing on the Canadians. Um, if Arbor Jackeye hadn't come along, if there was no Arbor Jackeye in the organization right now, that's already yeah. ahead of him, that's already played a year in the NHL. Yeah. Then I would think that there is a spot for him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think he can play in the NHL. Uh, I think he's got the. That's not that's not the cold coffee you got in that that you're straight no, no, on. Your... No, 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 just water. Okay, good. Yeah. You, you don't like it that much that you would, uh, yeah, spray yeah. it on your hair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, Struble. Uh, he, he's got a great. Uh, um, I think he can be a shutdown guy in the AHL, and that's what he'll have to be first. And if he can prove that, uh, you know, and become a stalwart on uh, Laval's defense, yeah, and keep hitting like he did in college, and. Um, Play a steady game, simple yeah. game. Uh, concentrate on defense. He's got NHL potential all day. It just there's so many left defensemen on the Canadians and in the system. Like Hudson's gonna come along and be ahead of him. Engstrom's ahead of him on the depth chart right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, you know they've got Jack I Gooley, on and on. So. Um, I think it, it's going to be tough for him to to crack the Canadians lineup. Yeah. If if they don't trade away some others. Yeah. Uh, he might be a he might be an, a valuable trading chip in a year or two if uh, if he can't crack the Canadians because I do think I do think that he can play in the league. It just may not be it just may not be in Montreal. I have a great nickname for Cuckoo. Cuckoo Emositu. All right, okay. Second <laughs> question. Let's bring it up. Where does Beck fit in if Kapanen is our third line center? Yeah. Well, uh, 
maybe he's a second line center. <laughs> uh, he could also be on the wing, but he's such a he's such a good face off man. Um, certainly early in their careers, it's quite conceivable, but that they're the third and fourth centers. Yeah. Uh, but there's also centers always move to the wings, right? You, you get, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be happening this year. Either new hook or doc will be on the wing, even though they're technically centers and or Monahan. And yeah, well, Monahan's good on faceoffs. He's, I can't see him not playing center because the other two guys are 40% guys. Yeah. It, a lot will be dependent on who's, who's, Who's who's winning more faceoffs at the yep. NHL level between Kapanen and Beck? Oh, I think they'll battle it out, and uh, could be three, four. And if Owen Beck's your fourth line center, wow, that's going to be that the team is going to be so strong at that point if uh, Kapanen and Beck are your three fours because both of them are middle line center potential all day long. When Beck's going to end up being on the team, I have a feeling that Jake Evans will not. But I could be wrong. Stranger things have happened. Third and final question. Let's throw it out there. But not before we get to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. I'm so good at my job. It's unbelievable. All right, let's get to the third and final question. <laughs> Yeah. Ryan Backer, does he have the killer instinct? This coming from Matrix is real. Yeah. Uh, what does what's the killer instinct? Do you do you know what the killer instinct is, Tony? I have no idea what that killer instinct is. <laughs> is he asking if he's a mean, mean machine? If he's Jack the Giant, or is he asking if he has the ability to break open a game? Either or. I don't know about you. I'm going to say he doesn't have a killer instinct. He has an ability to kill plays. Yeah. But I don't, that I don't wouldn't know. be the how I describe him, you know? Yeah. So, I don't think his nickname is going to be Killer when no. he Killer no. Reinbacher when he joins the team, but uh I I think he's, you know, like did Sir Savard have the killer instinct? No, probably not. Yeah. Uh but He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that that's uh, – I'd say no to that, but that doesn't mean that he uh, he isn't going to be a premier NHL defenseman. You know who was premier back in the day? He was a premier tough guy in the National Hockey League, George Larac. But he's about 13 or 14 years removed – and today he's 46 and a half years old. Grant, I have a question for you in ending. I have one. If George Larac would make a comeback in the National Hockey League today, let's not talk about the pace of the game or the speed of the game. At 46 and a half years old, and the last time he played was about 13 years ago. How do you think he'd do in a fight with Ryan Reeves or McDermott? Am I putting you on the spot here? Um, like today? today? Not not 13 years ago? Not George 13 Lerac? years ago. Right now, taking Larac at 46 and a half yeah. years old and putting him in the National Hockey League. Do you think wow. he would still be the number one tough guy in the league at 46 and a half? Um, that's a great question. I I don't know. It's, he's um, hesitating. Was it too long? Like George Foreman was a heavyweight chap at about 46, was he not? Uh, that, that Listen, that's a good point. You know? That's a good point. Uh, well, I, I, don't, know, listen, I asked because George was on the podcast a couple of days ago, and he said <laughs> that he's convinced that if he was in the league today, at his age, yeah. even, even after 13 years, that he would be the number one tough guy in the league. Well, he then took it a step further and said that Dave Brown in his 60s would still be the number one tough guy in the league too, and I, I believe he said in his sixties. <laughs> well, Dave Brown was an animal, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, like I have him top three all time, uh, and George is is close. You know, uh, who do you have? Who do you have in your top three? Bob Probert, Dave Brown, and George Larac? Uh Ben Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ben Wilson, eh? Oh, scary man. Yeah, he can throw them. Yeah, he was uh, he was tough and crazy, which was a lethal combination. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Koplinski told me some stories about him there. He was, uh, yeah, very revered in his day. He didn't yeah. mess with Ben. Stu Grimson was a pretty tough guy. Oh, yeah. There's, a you know, Gillies, uh, you know, you can name a pile of them. But uh, my top three are Brown, Probert, and uh, Benny Wilson. Brown and George, George is right up there, too, obviously. He's top five, yeah? Maybe. I know yeah. it wasn't really uh, – I don't know uh, at the end of his career if he was still winning all his fights. Yeah. He didn't fight as much. In Certainly. his peak, in his peak, and we know we all we know that Bob Probert in his peak was an animal. And yeah. but in his peak, Tony Twist oh. was really something. For a couple of years, for three or four years, Tony Twist was something. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I could go on naming uh there's yeah. just so many of them. Like um Nick Fotillo was uh Golden Gloves boxer. And yeah. uh, all of these guys, you know, lost fights. Yeah, at some point or another, of course. And, you know, uh, like even Domi was just—he had such a hard head. Like you see these fights where, you know, Probert and these guys would be just smashing his head and it just cement. And I don't think I've—I uh, don't think I've ever seen anyone take a punch better than Ty Domi. No, he—you uh, know—Stan Jonathan, those two guys. I mean, that fight, that famous fight with Pierre Bouchard. Yeah, yeah, that was Bouchard something. was feeding him to him yeah and and you know it was just it's like hitting cement yeah yeah and then, uh and then uh you know jonathan got that one punch in that got that got down bouchard and then he punched him his head into the that's why he bled so much like they talk about oh he won the fight so bad well he what he did was he suckered him when he was down and it hit his head into the ice and that's what caused all the blood yeah you give it to jonathan but you know, uh, it, it was uh, it was the, the punch on, on the ice that, that led to all the blood. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. Uh, man, this is, um, there were so many. There were so many. Larry Playfair was a tough out. He was a, oh, hey, he was yeah. a tough boy. He was a tough boy, too. Yeah, I, I went back. Uh, if you ever seen the, the Knuckles yeah. scrap with Playfair, yeah. he did. Yeah. yeah, they had some good ones. Knuckles just uh, was not nearly as big as as no. Larry Playfair, you know. No, no. And he handled himself quite admirably, considering the size yeah. difference. Oh, for sure. Two. Joey Kosher was a was a was a tough piece of business too. And uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, there were look, once again we can play this game forever. There were so many; it's unbelievable. But um, yeah, you know, I I enjoyed I enjoyed when Cordic was doing his thing because he would you know he's he had like really fast quick lefts and oh uh, yeah there was yeah. or there were so many obviously Brashear you know, you know yeah. Donald Brashear and tough boy yeah, yeah. tough yeah. boy hey Grant this was a lot of fun uh, maybe one day we'll end up doing a podcast on tough guys but of course all the guys that we speaking of taking a punch Jay Miller could take a punch. Yeah, uh, you know John Cordick used to hit him with about fifty of them, and he, oh, like, never, yeah. he never he never flinched. Uh, yeah. And you know, I I said that Ty Domi could take a punch, and he could. But actually, one night in Toronto, uh, Ontario boy Shane Corson got one good shot in on Ty Domi, and he went down. I don't know if yeah. he lost his footing, but he went down. And meanwhile, the, the whole time though, Domi was swinging Corson around there. He's so strong, Ty Domi. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It yeah. was a, it was a great tilt. It really was a great tilt. And I think this was a great podcast. Grant, thank you so much. Recruits, recruits.ca, independent hockey scout, watches a couple of hundred uh, games per year, uh, watches the, the, the prospects, has uh, reports on all these prospects, is a top 30 Montreal Canadiens prospects out there right now. In the next month, he's going to be talking to Rob Ramage of the Montreal Canadiens. He's going to be talking to Marty Lapointe. Uh, he's going to have a bunch of articles that are going to be out there as well. And now a monthly subscription for a couple of bucks per month, you get a monthly subscription. What's the worst that can happen? You don't want to be back. It costs you 2 or $3. Uh, chances are you'll be back. You'll love it so much. Thank you, Grant. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tony.
You're very welcome. There you have it. If you like the podcast tonight, like it, share it with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. If you're going to listen to it on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. Uh, four spruces tonight, four times the uh, water in the hair. Let's go for one more. Why don't we? Foreign Yellow and Sammy at Master Control. They're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.